Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Catherine, it's time for a a little listener question episode. These are my favorite. I love those. Those are my favorite too. Yeah. So this one comes from Mary Louise Trainer. Hope I'm saying that correctly. Forgive me if I'm not. So it's quite a long one. Let me just crack into her question because it's sort of a two-parter. She starts off, hi there. I've got a listener question, which is why we are where we are right now. (laughs) I know it's best to raise a noise when you see something concerning, but at a personal level, the aftermath of doing so would probably give me a bit of pause. Being known as the mum who was overdramatic and the real impact on my kids' social life for them, very important, obviously, their social lives, as all children's are, would make me think, hmm, maybe not. No question that a bit of social awkwardness is not a reason not to say something and the potential outcome of keeping quiet could be life shattering. But it was actually the Reddit post below, which I'm about to give you a little run through of, that got me thinking about this. And I wondered what suggestions you guys have uh, if you've done the absolutely right thing and then it's been a misunderstanding. Okay. So that's her question. And I'm going to read you the Reddit uh thing because this is just something that it comes up so often as a mum. Right. And it's a conversation. How, to how involved should you be? Exactly. And yeah. what are the repercussions? I've had this conversation so many times with friends, it's ridiculous. So uh, this is a Reddit post titled Safety. And it said, did I do the right thing regarding the friend of my young teen's friend? Worried, sick, full stop. Good morning. Reddit community. I encountered one of the... I feel I should say good morning back. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. morning. I encountered one of the scariest situations as the parent of a 13-year-old I could have possibly thought of. Yesterday morning before school, my 13-year-old showed me a screenshot from a group video call with her friends that showed one of their other seventh grade friends brandishing what looked to be a real firearm and holding it sideways in a very concerning posture. I mean, alarm bells are ringing for me. My child was shaken and scared. This particular friend has always been kind to my child, but has been involved in a physical fight with another 13-year-old, and the video made it around the text message horn among parents. I do not know the parents personally, as we live in a gigantic urban district. At the earliest hour I could, I got out of bed and took the screenshot directly to our local police station. The officers in juvenile detail were extremely concerned and immediately sent multiple officers to the school to intercept the student and they alerted school admin immediately that there was a possible firearm on the campus. It turned into a huge mess. 
They were able to locate the firearm in the teen's home mid-afternoon, and it turns out that it is actually some type of air-powered pellet firearm and not a real one, which is the key. This young teen is quite a mess with counsellors intervening, temporarily being suspended, and a case with the Juvenile Justice Division in our county. I've got zero knowledge of such firearms and had absolutely no idea that these realistic air-powered things even existed. Well, me and you both, writer. To make a long story short, his parents are flaming mad at myself and law enforcement and are threatening to sue. This must be in America, I'm guessing. Are we that bad? Are we? Can we telegraph it that badly that it, that's got to be American? Well, there's a couple. Of, there's got to be a couple of clues in there. The seventh grade and the fact that he's threatening to sue. That seems like default position. Anyway. This kid is now dealing with major intervention. School admin was shaken. My question is, did I act too quickly by going to the local PD? Should I have tried to identify and locate the parents first? On top of that, my child is angry at me because this impacted their friend. In the moment, I was terrified that tragedy would ensue. My first instinct was to go to the police station and get help immediately. Now, I'm made to be the stupid woman who thought it was a real firearm. My daughter is afraid she'll become a social pariah. Did I screw this up? Catherine, thoughts? So I love this question. And of course, I love most how you read it because it was so beautiful the way you read it. <laughs> I don't know if that's sarcasm or not. <laughs> no, you really, you really told the story. And so I understand the journey that this woman went through. And I love this I don't want to call it an example. I think it's a real life situation because she did the exact right thing and she should believe right. it. Absolutely. Never hesitate. She Absolutely. should never hesitate. And anybody else listening, do not hesitate. And I love the post because she included some things in there that are the kinds of things that people do. They say, maybe I should go talk to the parents myself. Why? Are you equipped to do that? It would have been the exact same result. I agree with that. And I've had a similar situation. And I would put the question back to the parent who was you know, thinking, I'll just go back and talk to the parents. Those parents are invested in that situation with their child right. and have got very much so goggles. as a parent. They're not equipped to be able to deal with that situation in a calm fashion and have the information. She wasn't even certain about the type of weapon. Most people wouldn't be certain about the type of weapon. So you are not in a position where you can go back and do that. You don't know what you saw. That's what law enforcement gets paid to do. They know how to do that. They reacted. And law enforcement didn't overreact. They saw a photograph that looked like it might be a gun of a seventh grader, which means that's a 12 or a 13-year-old kid who is, is choosing to brandish a weapon in front of other people. Yeah. She was standing up for her kid and standing up for her community, and she should hold her head up high about the fact that she did that. And shame on those parents who attacked her for trying to save not only her own children and anybody else in the community, but trying to save their own child from a potential danger. Shame on them for making her feel bad about that. No, That's what I have to say. I totally agree. But I do think one of those ways that you can sort of put your fear level down a little bit is to do it anonymously. If there's something that is really a concern for you, give the tip anonymously if you don't want to put your head above the parapet. I agree. And I think that's right. There are plenty of ways that you can be anonymous, but you know, there may be some situations, let's be honest, where maybe you're the only one who has that information yeah. and maybe it's going to be clear that it had to have come from you. 
her kid being angry with her, that's okay. Your kid being mad, I'm sorry, that's what happens. You know, your kid doesn't live in in a democracy and your job is to take care of your child and you're always going to do that. You're the adult. You have to make the decision and, you know, your job isn't to be your kid's friend, right? Your job is to be their parent. And we know that in spirit, this is a very harsh application for it. So you have to make that call. You just have to, and you have to be confident that it's the right thing to do. Not that you maybe should, it's absolutely the right thing to do because time is of the essence. You know, we're dealing with a situation here in the States where a shooter came in and the parents actually were called to the school because there was a concern about a threat. And it turned out that the teenage boy had a gun with him. There's all kinds of charges pending. The boys murdered four people and He'll probably be in jail for the rest of his life. We have another case. I hope that we get a chance to talk about that you might have heard in the news, but there's a six-year-old child who who shot a teacher and the child actually showed the gun to other people and other people heard rumors about it. Maybe that shooting could have been prevented if those warning signs were taken seriously. And I I don't mean to make short shrift of it here. We'll do that separately because I think it's a fascinating lesson Mm -hmm. in kind of just what this listener is talking about you know, should I step in and be the upstander? That's what we would call it. You know, don't be the bystander, be the upstander. And the answer always has to be yes, even if that means you lose friends, even if that means your kid is mad at you, even if that means that you feel like next time you're going to be hesitant. The answer is no, chicken little. This is not a situation where you're warning somebody over and over again. You may never have this chance again. And law enforcement and other people are in better position to know whether and how to deal with that kind of information, get it off of your shoulders because you will never forgive yourself if your child or somebody you know dies because you kept quiet because you thought you might be too embarrassed. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to Community Podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, Please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen. And it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it.
Ohio is a land of mystery, from missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies, from myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app, and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in-depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.